really wants to hear a sermon about sin? Who wants to come to church to be made to feel bad about oneself? I don't know about you, but I resent it when preachers make a living by using guilt to keep people coming back, filling the pews and filling the offering plate. But in so many cases, it seems to work. Why is that? Two months ago, I was on staff for Happening. Happening is a weekend retreat for youth. Youth from all over Arkansas gathered here in Fayetteville. We actually met at Good Shepherd on the other side of town. On the Sunday of that Happening weekend, I started here at St. Paul's. But after Sunday school, I got in my car and drove across town to join those who are taking part already in happening. I don't often get a chance to drive around town on Sunday mornings. And I noticed when I drove past one of those really big evangelical churches, the kind of churches that are known for talking a lot about sin, that the parking lot was packed. Why? 2,000 years ago, a zealous preacher left the familiar surroundings of city, of village, left the religious establishment and headed out into the wilderness where no one would complain, maybe he thought, about his sermons about sin and repentance. But instead of pointing their finger and laughing or shaking their head in dismay, the people ran out into the wilderness to hear what John the Baptist would tell them about sin and about repentance. They left their cities where the established synagogues were in order to embrace this peculiar message about sin. Why? When Jesus started his earthly ministry, that's where he started amidst John the Baptist's disciples there on the banks of the River Jordan. In fact, even in the River Jordan to be baptized by John. Jesus came all the way from up north in Galilee, all the way down to Judea and out in the wild to seek out that proclamation. Why? Why is that where Jesus began? Why why did he choose to start his ministry there? There's something, it seems, about John the Baptist's work, about his message that Jesus found to be important to his own proclamation of God's good news. It, it seems as if Jesus had to pick up John's mantle before he could take his own and carry it out. Why? Why? And why would Jesus seek baptism by John anyway? Think about that. Think about John's baptism. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. When John dunked you under the water, it was a sign that your sins were being washed away. And when he lifted you back up from the river's surface, it was a reminder that you were starting a new life, a new relationship with God. This Baptism was about leaving behind a life of wickedness and embracing a new life of following God. Why did Jesus want that? This is Jesus, remember? The Son of God, perfect God, perfect man, the one who was without sin. Jesus, the one whose will was forever united with God's will. Why did he need a baptism of repentance? Why would he seek 
any sort of new life with God. Why? Why? I think because Jesus knew that if you're looking for the power of God's reign to break into this world, that the place you're going to find it is wherever sinners go in search of redemption. John drew the crowds not because he was proclaiming a guilt-ridden message of sin and shame, but because John was inviting those people who had lost their place in the religion of their day to come and embrace the hope that by leaving that old life behind, they might discover a new, fresh start with the God who loved them. And I trust that those evangelical churches among us with full parking lots and growing ministries, that that's the message they're preaching. It's not complicated. It's grace. The liberating power of the gospel is that wherever imperfect and broken people gather in search of a fresh start with God, that is where God meets them. For all of human history, people have searched for God in the high places where the angels sing, in the sacred shrines and cathedrals, at the feet of the holiest, the best people among us. But when Jesus came to earth to show us where God is to be found, where did he go, where did he start, but in a river surrounded by sinners, because Jesus wants us to see that that is the place where God shows up, not where holy people assemble because they assume that they've merited an encounter with God, but where humble and broken people go in search for a transformative and renewing encounter with the Creator. Today we come to this church, to that font, to the water that fills it, seeking again that same fresh start. We come not as holy, perfect people who have everything figured out, who trust that God would want to come and see people like us. No, we come as sinners, as broken, imperfect, hungry, needy, lost, and longing people who believe with all our hearts that because we are here to see God again, our God comes and meets us here. Today, at this service, we baptize another beautiful saint of God. At 845, we baptize two others, two, now three, young, beautiful, wonderful, holy children of God who are made holy because this is the place where God meets them. We baptize them into this fellowship, this fellowship of people who believe that this is the place we come to meet God, where imperfect people gather together, trusting that the one who came among us to inhabit that beautiful messy river that we find ourselves in, that he has shown us that this is where God comes and finds us, that this is the place where we too are made holy, that this 
is the moment where we hear yet again God say to each of us, you are my beloved child. With you, I am well pleased. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.